Good morning, I'm Jeff, I'm one of the pastors. Um, I love this series that we're in, I love this. I loved Ben's message last week. I hope you got a chance to watch it online if you weren't here in church on Sunday. And um, even Second Gathering, there's a little bit of a shorter version and uh, you, can, you can go see the, the full version on, online from First Gathering last time. The Sweet Spot, Life in the Sweet Spot is the, uh, is the series that we're doing. And this is about thriving in the most important things. Life in the Sweet Spot, thriving in the most important things. Somebody came to Jesus one time and said, Jesus, out of all the commandments, what's the most important thing? What are the most important ones? And you might be asking that too. You come to church, you hear tons of sermons. You may be, I don't know, maybe you're a podcast person and you're listening to other sermons elsewhere. Or maybe you listen to some Christian radio or maybe you listen to or read a lot of books or you have a little devotional. You probably get input and input and input and biblical messages and all kinds of things and hear all kinds of stuff you're supposed to do. Maybe you resonate with the question of what's the most important thing? I love that, that somebody came to Jesus and just said, out of all the stuff that the, the law has been teaching, what's the most important thing? And you remember what Jesus said? He said, here's what it is. First thing, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And then the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He said, you engage with God in these things. These are some of the most important things that our love for God is going to be coming out of our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. And so we want to talk about living in the sweet spot, living in our, with our hearts and souls and minds and strengths, being fully equipped so that we can be lovers of God. We're not going to talk about loving God per se, but we're going to talk about these most important things. And last week you heard Ben talk about thriving uh, when he, he says, I thrive when I live out of a heart that is full. That was Ben's message last week. I thrive when I live out of a heart that is full. And conversely, he went on to say, and this was the, the zinger for me that I, that from God's word. He, conversely, he said, and I wither when I live out of a heart that is neglected. And he challenged us and encouraged us to guard our hearts. And to confess when we've gone off the rails. We thrive when our heart is full, when we live into the calling that God has given us, when we experience the victory that God has given us, when we, we're joyful in our celebration, we're resolute in our defeats, when our gifts are affirmed. These are all things that he talked about. We thrive, but when we disobey God and we go off the rails, then we wither. And so he called us to living with a mirror and in confession so that we can live in freedom for where we've gone, gone awry. It's about our hearts, loving God with our hearts. That was a great message. Appreciated it a ton. But this week, I want to talk about our soul. In English, the way we kind of in our common vernacular talk about heart and soul, or may not be able to distinguish it too much. In fact, you all learned that song on the piano, didn't you? Heart and soul. But the soul is a different thing, and the soul in the scriptures is a fascinating concept. And I want, this week, I want to talk about the life in the sweet spot is about a soul at rest. It's about a soul at rest. Even just saying that, doesn't it? Doesn't it breathe just a little bit of life into you? A soul at rest. And here's my framing statement. I thrive when my soul finds rest in God alone. Life in the sweet spot, I thrive when my soul finds rest. In God alone. I want to talk about what a soul is. I actually spent a whole bunch of time on the internet looking at the history of soul music. It was pretty fun. <laughs> I grew up in Oakland in the 70s, so enough said. It was, that's my world. 
soul music. It's interesting, you know, that soul music came from, do you know where it came from, what style of music it came from? Gospel. It's about singing of the deepest things or just loving your lady, one or the other. <laughs> but what is a soul? I want to go back to Genesis and, and uh, read this verse to you in Genesis uh, 2, 7. It says this, Then the Lord God formed a man. This is the, uh, the you know, there's kind of a couple of creation accounts. Uh, this is in, in Genesis 2, 2, and it's the second account. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. That word, a living being, is the word soul. The man became a soul. God gathered up the dust, created man, and then breathed into him a soul. This is the thing that distinguishes him from the rest of the animals who are also made of the ground, but it was the breath of God that breathed from his mouth into the nostrils of man, and he became a soul. So Adam wasn't given a soul. People don't possess a soul. People are a soul. The word living being means soul. He became a soul. It's what makes us fully unique among creation, fully unique in the we're created in the image of God. It's what makes us spiritual, that we're not just a creature of the dust, but we have a life force breathed into us by God. It is completely unique in God's creation. You are a soul. We looked at heart last week. These are some words that would go along with heart. Emotions, passion, desire, will, even personality. And there's some crossover in some of the ways that we look at it. But a soul is spirit. It's the immaterial me. It's the eternal part of me. It is my true personhood. You see the difference between the two? It's the thing that will last forever. It's the thing that isn't wearing any external masks or roles or physicality to it. It's the true me. In fact, I even use it in the English sometimes. I think about it when I, when I think about something. Oh, man, I love Mexican food with all my heart. But I love my kids from the depth of my soul. And I love Jesus and feel him in my soul. It's the true me. It's the essence. It's my existential essence, if you will. I want to look at three biblical phrases around the idea of soul and some sweet spot truths, some good news truths that come from these, uh, these phrases and what we learn about the soul in the scriptures. Ready to do that with me? Here we go. Number one. Here's a phrase from scripture. My soul finds rest in God alone. My soul finds rest in God alone. You can see this in a number of places in the scriptures and the Psalms. My soul finds rest in God alone. Look at Psalm 62. That's where I'm quoting this from. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. By the way, you got to read the Psalms a little slower. My soul, true me, spiritual me, finds rest in God, alone. 
My salvation? Is this too slow for you? Yeah, right? <laughs> Comes from him. He, what? Alone is my rock. And my salvation, in case you didn't get it in verse one. He is my fortress. Read the last line with me. I will never be shaken. Well, that's good Bible study right there. That just fills my soul. My soul finds rest in God alone. Here's the sweet spot truth, friends. There is peace. There's peace. My soul finds rest in God alone. It's about peace. Finding rest is about peace. I don't think I have this verse on the, on the, on the, the slide, but think about what Jesus said in Matthew 20, 28. Many people know this verse. And you've heard about it, it alluded to, sorry, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, if you don't know it by heart. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. You who are weary and, what's another version say? Heavy laden. You do know this verse. And I will give you, what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's what Jesus taught. So we turn to Jesus and find rest for our souls. Rest. We find rest, the scripture says in Psalm 62 and in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. You think? Doesn't that describe life? Do you know one person who, if they were honest, would, would, wouldn't describe their life as tiring, wearisome, and heavy, and hard, and a struggle? And that's not, not to say there isn't beauty and joy and victory and uh, there's lo- right? But... Am I not telling you the truth? And Jesus said, you come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest for your souls. The good news, the sweet spot truth is that there's peace. Life is hard, and our souls are beat up. Recently, I saw some research that said that 40% of women in their 20s are suffering from what can be diagnosed as a significant level of anxiety and or depression. 40% of women in their 20s. So by the way, if you're struggling a little bit with anxiety and depression, if your soul is weary and you're heavy laden, it's because life is hard. Everybody is. And Jesus said, Come and I'm going to give you rest for your souls. There's peace. There's rest for your souls. Real rest. I mean, at peace, at rest, comes from knowing that our Father is in charge, our Heavenly Father is in charge. I just want to look at that picture for a while longer. Our souls are at rest in God alone. 
And the scriptures, if we just leave the picture up instead of going to the, go, go back to that picture, instead of going to the, the text, but remember what the text said in Psalm 62? My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. I trust in him and his saving power. You see that in this picture? He alone is my rock and my fortress. I will not be shaken. My soul finds rest. We find rest, friends, from knowing that he is our salvation, he is our rock, he is our fortress, he is our security, will not be shaken, and that the work has been done, the victory has been done, that it is finished. In fact, our hope in God's salvation alone, in Hebrews chapter 6, our hope in salvation, his salvation, is, it says this about it, but we have this hope as an anchor for our, what? Souls. We have this hope as an anchor for our souls that our Father has won the victory and that he brings salvation and safety and security. My soul finds rest in God alone. It finds rest in God. And I can't, pick, I can't miss those last couple of words in that line of the text as well. It says, in God alone. My soul finds rest in God alone. In God alone. Nothing else brings this peace. Nothing else brings us peace. If we're honest, we search for this peace everywhere. In fact, our hearts run astray when they're not captivated by the spirit of Jesus and they're what they're looking for. You know, I'm never surprised. I'm going to finish that sentence in a minute, okay? What I'm never surprised about is the ways in which we get ourselves into trouble and how far off the rails we get or what anybody's story is. I never am surprised when somebody comes to me with a story and goes, you're never going to believe what I did. I'm like, No, I I totally will believe it. Because what's happening is our hearts, our longings, and I think it's our souls as well, are searching for this peace. They're searching for rest. They are restless until they find their rest in God. And it's in God alone where that rest comes. So it it never surprises me, but we search everywhere for this elusive peace. And we may attain all kinds of stuff. You may search for this peace with your sense of accomplishment and your vocation. It is super great what you do for a living and the fact that God has you there and you should take great joy in it and even pride in the best sense of that word in it and you should do it well as unto the Lord, etc. That is all good news, but we may be looking for peace in it. Anybody super peaceful in their job right now? It's always a little bit elusive, isn't it? We may try to be finding it in certain relationships that we have. I know if I get and date this person, they'll make me happy in my soul. No, that's, that's not true. We search for it if we have enough security or money or vacations. See, I think Hawaii is where my soul is at rest. I really do. <laughs> And I just plot every few years about how I'm going to get back there. It's still me when I show up there. That peace is elusive. We search for it. We may be able to attain all kinds of things. You may be able to attain security. You may be able to attain a relationship you love. You may be able to attain a vocation that you enjoy. But it won't bring that peace. Nothing brings that peace except God alone. Jesus even said in Matthew 8, if you run after all these things, he said, what will it profit you if you gain the whole world and yet forfeit your soul? Those things don't bring peace to your soul. My soul finds rest in God 
alone. Man, that's a sweet spot truth. There is peace for us. And so friends, we turn our souls to Jesus. We do it daily. We do it weekly in worship. We turn our souls to Jesus to find rest. And then it says we take his yoke upon us for his burden is easy and his yoke is light and we find rest for our souls. That's so different than the way we often live, which is manically looking elsewhere and then checking out when we know we can't find it and self-medicating, living in denial, looking for another carrot out there. We just check out. Instead, we turn to Jesus. Is there anybody in this room who when I said, quoted Jesus, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Is there anybody in this room who said, I'm so tired. My soul is so tired. Anybody in this room when I said, he will give you rest for your souls. Anybody in here feel that little flutter of hope that that is what you need? I want to pray for you right now. Before we go on in this sermon, God, I want to pray for those friends who so need your peace. It has been eluding them because of their physical pain, because of their vocational struggles, because of their financial fears, because of their difficulties in relationships, that the peace in their soul has eluded them and they need to turn to you in this very moment for rest. My soul finds rest in God alone. Come and minister to them, God and draw their soul into your caring presence. In the name of Christ, amen. My soul finds rest in God alone. That's a sweet spot. Second phrase in the scriptures, he restores my soul. Anybody know where that scripture comes from? Psalm 23, he restores my soul. Look at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside quiet waters and he restores my soul. Your NIV, the latest edition of the NIV says he refreshes my soul. That's a good word too. That's a very appropriate translation of this. Here's the sweet spot truth. There's healing for our souls. Not only is there peace, there's healing. There's this refreshment, this restoring, this reviving. This word, this lot of re-words, if you translate this Hebrew word, it's refreshing and restoring and reviving and returning even. It's about going back to the way that it was or the way that it was designed to be. There's this implication in here that before whatever it was we're talking about, before it was messed up and broken and stolen and marred beyond recognition. Before that time, let's go back to that time as it was in its glory and its beauty and its freedom. And the scriptures teach, he will revive your soul, restore your soul, refresh your soul, bring your soul back to that place before it was messed up and broken and lost 
and marred. There's healing for our souls. That is, that is a sweet spot truth that we live in this reality that there's healing. Now we're getting somewhere existentially in terms of our time on this earth. We get to be restored to who we really are. You think about us being created in the image of God before sin comes in and mars our hearts, before our hearts get totally jacked by the world, by our flesh, by the enemy's lies, before we get all messed up, the real us, the spiritual us, the the immaterial me, my soul, before it got marred, we were created in this glory that's like God. And he promises that he will revive the soul back to that. And that is our journey this side of heaven, is that we're being revived and restored even today, even now, toward that place of perfection in Christ. One day it'll be totally done. Some of us are getting further along the journey than others. Bruce, come on, man. (laughs) But one day it'll be completely done. But we're in the journey. There's healing now for our souls. He restores my soul. I restored a 65 Mustang one time in my life. Hey, way better than your little home makeover shows, okay? Because in a home makeover show, basically you're saying all of that stuff that existed was lame. I'm going to make it all new. This is taking something that was glorious at one time and bringing it back into its full glory. Is there any brothers that can resonate with a convertible? This is a 66 right now, full glory. Can I get an amen for the full glory? <laughs> is that beautiful? <laughs> Where is it? Yeah, this one isn't mine. He restores my soul. Listen to this. Jeremiah 31, 25 says this, for I satisfy the weary souls. There it is again. I satisfy the weary souls and I refresh the souls that languish. I revive the souls that are languishing like a flickering light that is going out. I revive it like the embers of a campfire that has almost completely died out in the middle of the night when you're camping and I'll bring it back. He refreshes the souls that languish. So not only is there peace, but there's healing. Friends, there's healing. This place where your souls are broken is not your destiny. The compulsions that you live with, the things you can't get past, your addictions, your blind spots, the lies that you believe in these places that keep you from living free. That's not your destiny. Your destiny is healing and freedom to the glory that you were before your soul was broken and marred. There's healing. Do you believe that there's healing for you? See, I think we don't believe that there's healing because I think what happens is when we have a little struggle, we muster up all our strength and then we sort of fix it. And then we go, yeah, I got healed. Then when you really think about it, you go, actually, I just sort of fixed myself because it was kind of easy. But then we look at these things and we go, how come I can't stop this? How come I still believe that lie about myself? How come I still live in such shame even though I have a husband who loves me and a God who loves me and a Jesus that I worship? How come I still live in shame? And then we look at that and we don't see change in it and we think there's no healing. Friends, the sweet spot truth is he restores 
our souls. There is healing available. And so we turn our souls to Jesus daily, weekly in worship for his healing. We turn to him. Jesus said, he has sent me, I've been sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to recover sight for the blind, and to set the captives free. There's freedom for the things that plague your soul, for the damage that you live. And he says, I'm going to come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year of freedom for you. It may or may not mean 100% total freedom. But there's healing for us. He restores our souls. Is there anyone in this room who when I talked about being revived to the days before our souls, the true us, was marred and broken and injured and lost. That God would bring us to that freedom and beauty and glory again. Is there anyone in this room who felt like, I'm so marred and broken and I've been so injured and I'm so lost? The sweet spot truth, friends, is that he comes to revive you and restore you. Let me pray for you. Let me turn to Jesus on our behalf. Father God, the brokenness that exists in our lives is palpable. We feel broken. We feel stuck. And for any of my friends that are resonating with that, even right now this morning in this very room, God, who have even asked you or wondered about healing or wondered if it was possible, God, that there could be any restoration for the flicker of light that is within them, God, come and revive us. Revive them, God. Restore them. Renew them. Return them to who they really are. And draw them to yourself, God. Draw their soul to you daily in dependence upon you for your power and for your healing, God. Come and do that work, we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. There's peace. My soul finds rest in God alone. There's peace. He restores my soul. There's healing. And then last, my soul thirsts for the living God. My soul thirsts for the living God. Psalm 42, this is where I get this. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Psalm 63 says something similar. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary land. There's the word weary again. Where there is no water. In our weariness, this side of heaven, the brokenness and the restlessness of our souls, we're longing for God. There's something within us that longs for God. My soul thirsts, the scripture says. 
my soul thirsts. There is a holy longing built into every one of us. And the sweet spot truth is he's the answer. There's a longing built into every one of us. This is, again, is why I don't, never surprised by what people get themselves into. Because what's actually really happening is, and I hope you trust that that's true about us pastors, that when you come and you've made a complete fiasco of your life, there is something in us pastors that go, that's sweet longing at work. You're looking for God. You're just looking in all the wrong places. So said a great soul song of many years ago. <laughs> My soul thirsts for the living God. It is built into us and the sweet spot truth is he is the answer. I love this picture of these camels in this oasis. Is this great? Look at this. I love the thought of this. These camels can go for so long without having their thirst quenched. They can go so long, but in the end, they are thirsty and are in need of being filled and it will never go away. Friends, our thirst will never go away. It's in us and it is incumbent upon us to understand all that's happening in us is a thirst for our souls to be at rest in God alone. It's a thirst for our souls to be settled in God. It's a thirst for God himself and he is the answer. He is the glass of water in the desert. And you could go as long as you think you can go, and you may be going a long time being thirsty, but the wooing of God will never leave. He will always be drawing you and causing you to hunger and thirst for him. And the good news is, he's the answer to all of our longing. My soul thirsts, it says, and it says it thirsts for the living God. The living God. My soul cries out for a real answer. A God who is alive. And he is the answer. Your thirst, your longing in life, your desires. Some of us go, my desire is for, I, I, I need something else happening in my marriage. I need something else in my relationship with my kids. I need something else with regard to, to my job. I need something else in my life. Friends, that something else is always more of God. That's what it is. I'm not saying you can't improve in your marriage. I'm not saying you can't, right? But that, uh, that longing is for God. He's the answer. And then everything else will come from that. And so we turn our souls to Jesus daily, weekly in worship, and we proclaim to him, you are the answer, you're the way, you're the truth, you're the life, you're it. And then God does incredible work in our souls. Are you longing for God to do something in you? Do you have a holy thirst for something in your life to happen in you, to see happen around you? Your longings, friends, he's the answer. And so turn to him. I want to pray for you around that as well. Band, you can come out as we transition to finishing here. I long, God, 
I long for so much. I long to see things happen in the world. I long to see things happen in my mind and heart and soul and body. I long to see your work around me. We long for depth and beauty and healing. We long for all of these things, God. And we proclaim this morning that you are the answer to all our longing. And so we confess, God, that we hunger and we thirst for you. Do not let us turn and drink of false potions. You come and fill our souls. In Christ, amen. There is peace. There is healing. And he is the answer. This is the message about our souls in the scriptures. And that is why Christians can proclaim and have proclaimed for a hundred something years now. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Let's stand, bring our souls to Jesus and worship him in response. Before we finish with one more worship song, I just wanna ask you and introduce to you this question of the week. If we thrive when our souls find rest in God alone, then what do I do with my restlessness? Ask yourself that this week. What do I do with my restlessness? Because your soul longs for him. And so as you ask yourself, what am I doing with my restlessness? You may turn to God and say, give my soul peace. You may turn to God and say, God, bring healing. You may turn to God and say, God, you are the answer. Satisfy my longing. But what do you do with your restlessness? As we finish in worship, I want you to carry that question into this week. I'll shoot it out to you in the weekly devotional that will come out this week so that we're thinking about, right, my soul needs to find its rest in God alone.